This is the Arise Ministries Collective Podcast, where we seek to equip and encourage the body of Christ in biblical truth and understanding. We believe that when women have an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ, truly know God's Word, and are dependent on the Holy Spirit, they become powerful and influential vessels for the Kingdom. I'm your host, Lisa De Silva, and today I'm talking to longtime friend and homeschool mother of five, Angie Forrester. No stranger to the Arise podcast, we called on Angie for help right at the beginning of COVID-19-related school closures in an effort to gain both practical and Christ-centered perspective on how we can best cope and even thrive with sudden online at-home education. Well, many of us thought we'd be over this by now and that things would have returned to normal or closer to normal by September, but here we are again. So welcome, Angie. Thank you. You've been doing this for a long time. How many years have you been homeschooling? My oldest is a junior, so uh, 10 years. 10 years. So Angie is a wealth of knowledge. She's actually tried all different kinds of things and settled into a program called Classical Classical Conversations. Conversations. So we'll talk to her a little bit about that. But Angie and I talked last week, and um, we just realized that a lot of families, a lot of mamas are calling us, texting us. It's a topic at nearly every gathering that we are at. Mm -hmm. Women, moms are concerned about the fall. And we thought that it would be best to just hash everything out here to offer some perspective here. I was a public school teacher for eight years before staying home with my kids, so I have some things to offer in that realm. We just wanted to start by gaining perspective, maybe trying to put our hearts and minds at ease. So Ange, do you have anything just to start us off with that? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that. Why would we, why would we as Christian women be mulling this over in a different way than potentially our friends? Our right. other friends, right? right. Why, how would we look at it differently? People who aren't following after Christ. What's yes, different? There we go. What's different about us? And I think what's different is that we believe our children are made in the image of God, the Imago mm-hmm. Dei, right? Uh, we're made, each of us has value, and each of us are a whole person. And so when we look at education for our children, we're looking at developing their whole person, not just their academics. That's just one piece of what God has called us to as mothers. We are um, we're speaking to who God has called them to be and helping them develop that. So as we look at our educational options this year, we're going to be thinking, okay, does this school option work with the idea that I am developing this whole person that God has called me to raise? I love that. And uh, we just want to say there is no doubt that change is hard. Uh, there's unpredictability right now. It's hard to plan for. And so we want to be empathetic to all of these oh, for sure. women out there who are struggling with this decision. But I just want to reiterate what Angie's saying here about this. Imago Day. we have a great, great God, and he saw this coming. Right. It's no surprise to him. This is no surprise to him. You, as a mom, if you are listening out there, uh, you were created for the purpose of being a mother to your children. There is no mistake in the children that God gave you. 
and he saw this coming. And I'm just thinking uh, about, you know, Hagar, when God said, when God saw her in her angst as a mom, worried about her child, and the Lord sees you. Mm-hmm. He That's sees beautiful. you where you are, and he sees the struggle. Uh, but we're here also to ease some of that and to say that oftentimes in life, we might believe there's a right decision and a wrong decision, but maybe entering into September, there are multiple right decisions for you. Absolutely. It's going to be a different year. It's just going to be... We have to embrace the difference this year. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And there are positive... It's going to have new challenges, but it could be really exciting too. It could be really exciting. Some of those exciting things... Could be what? What are some of those exciting things? Different school options, right? I mean, we have, um, we're looking into different school options for our children this year because we don't know what traditional education is going to look like. And I think that's something that some of us are really struggling with. How do we even make that decision? How do we have confidence in a decision that we are making for September alongside our family? So I just want to run through five questions that you can ask yourself as you go about this decision making for school in September. Kind of some question tools to tuck in your pocket and these will be on the website as well. Number one in how you make a decision, you ask, what does the Bible say about it? Mm -hmm. And the second one, how is the Holy Spirit leading you? The third, what do your Christian mentors think or the wise people in your life? If you were to ask them and please ask them, what would they say? The fourth, what would your own personal preferences be? And what would the preferences of your children and your spouse be? So look at what it is you actually want to do. And the fifth, and this is just a really practical one, what doors are open to you? What options do you have? And we will look at that in more depth in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I think that we should just go back over these just a little bit here and just kind of talk through them. What does the Bible say about educating our children? And we can look at verses like Deuteronomy 6 that talks about walking, uh, when it's talking about the love of God and his law, and that you shall teach them diligently to your Mm -hmm. children, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. There's, There's many other verses. But I'm thinking, you know, this could also be in companionship with a school or a tutor, or a a Sunday school class, but ultimately, you are called to raise the image bearers that God gave you. Mm -hmm. And so you are the one that is going to influence their worldview. You're the one that is going to be teaching them God's law and His love day and night. And so when we look at um, making decisions, whatever curriculum or school program we choose this year, we want to be taking seriously that that is what God has called you to, okay? And so there's other verses. We can even link in some other ones. Yeah, let's Um, do that for sure. But then uh, the second one was, how is the Spirit leading you? How is the Spirit leading you this year? And in your decision-making, I was telling Lisa, I said, and in some ways, it's just practical, right? It's practical to change things out, and that is also the Spirit leading us. So we are given a set of scenarios. And with those scenarios, we need to make the best decision. And God has given you 
the ability to make decisions for your family. And so as you pray with your spouse, as you think these things through, listen to the Spirit and know that He has given you the ability to decipher what is best for your family. Christian mentorship, that is very important. Um, We were just talking, I was trying to figure out who said this (laughs) quote first, Um, but we had a friend that said something similar to this. We all have full plates, but some people have a tea plate (laughs) and some people have large turkey platters, right? So you need to know what size plate you have and what things you can take on. And that is going to mean you're going to talk to some mentors and some people in your life and say, what do you think? How full is this? Do you think I have the capacity for this this thing um, that we're choosing to do this year? So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to to lean in. Uh, your spouse will probably also be very ready to tell you if you've you taken have on to too be much. Okay, <laughs> with listening to their answers, yeah. right? When you ask these wise yes, people, yes, exactly. And it might mean taking something else off the platter, mm-hmm. right? Even if you have a big platter. Um, personal preferences. You know, when you're switching things out, you may not even know what your personal preference is. So that's what's kind of neat and special about this year is that you're getting to try something potentially new that you would not have otherwise tried. And you're not having to make a permanent decision about it. You're taking on what life is giving you this year. So you may find, wow, I have a personal preference as you go into next school year to homeschool, or I have a personal preference now to online school, but you don't even know that yet because you haven't gotten to try it. So this is a neat opportunity, actually, to try something new. And when we look at what doors are open to us, I think we're going to talk more about that. Do we want to move right into that? Yeah, we can what move our options are what for are the fall? our options? Because we all have some different options in front of us, but yeah. we all also have some that are Similar. So depending Mm -hmm. on what state you live in right now, depending on what your community looks like, these will differ for everybody. But there are some doors that are open, some options out there that might be available to you. And can you lead us through some of those? Well, I think, you know, the public school has been hustling to get some online um, work in front of our students. So that's, that is an option. Um, we call that remote learning, remote learning or online education. Right. Yep. Exactly. There's traditional schools that are still meeting. There are, um, learning pods. This is kind of fun. I just heard about this. My cousin called me yesterday and she said, there's three of us gals. We work together at a retirement home and we can't be exposed to other people this year. And so we've decided to homeschool together and do our life together for this next year. So they're all doing an online remote learning, and then they're going to do their field trips and different things together. So um, that's kind of fun to to look at that option. You could do full-on homeschooling. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about curriculum options later, um, but you can do that full-time. And um, is that... Is that all of them? Yeah, we thought keeping your kids in traditional education. Some people right now are looking around at options for schools that are keeping their doors open because they really want their kids in a classroom with other kids. And we've looked at that. There are a few options out there. Um, And then the remote learning, fully homeschooling and doing something with these neighborhood pods. And I wanted to add too, I was talking to just a lovely friend and they have opted in to, um, to homeschooling. And she said, but Lisa, I don't want it to look 
like traditional school. If right. I have this year, what would it look like? What would it look like? And they yeah. are just casting vision with their kids about what what a remarkable year this is going to be. And I I just wanted to talk for a minute before we move on and delve in a little bit more. Um, you know, Angie and I are sitting here. We are different people. We have different families. We have different kids, different lives. We have chosen something different for our kids from the very beginning when right. they first went to kindergarten. And we are still friends. Yeah. We don't fight about it. We don't, um, we don't demean each other. We don't talk about each other behind our backs saying, oh, right. she's doing this and she's doing this. And I really think, Ange, that when I sit back and reflect on why are some women afraid? Why is there anxiety about this whole, what do I choose? The judgment of other women, I right? I think it very well could yeah. be. And we have an opportunity here to be women that help encourage, rise up. When mm -hmm. you were talking about these little education pods, yeah. what a beautiful way to surround one another in whatever decision that they make Yeah, to be a resource, to come alongside. I am the last math teacher in the universe that you would want for your kids, but I could teach them to read. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The, build can, your community. Build your community. Um, I just, I think that this could be an incredible and beautiful time if we as friends, if we as sisters, if you are listening and you are not a mother, thank you for continuing to listen because you have a role. Right. Come alongside someone else. Come alongside in whatever option somebody chooses. And I wanted to say um, one more thing when we're talking about these options for the fall, there is not one way for every child, but possibly many ways right. to meet that child's needs. And I think that there is joy in that, that that's the thing that can bring, bring us peace, even excitement. You said it before that we get to try things that we never would have before. So go for it. Right. And if it doesn't work, you change next year. Right. Or, or at Christmas. mid-year. Right. If it's not working, there's no shame in that. You are your child's advocate. So you're going to look at your family, your structure, your capacity, and it can be a little agile. That's okay. It's okay. You can change things. Mm -hmm. You can change things. And Jerome and I always said, uh, we are not married to the choice that we made for our children's education. Right. We are married to each other, and that is the lifetime commitment that we have. The other things can change. Right. Now, for us, we ended up sticking out with the schools that our kids were, were with. And, and, but I have no criticism or judgment of someone who loves their child enough or sees things in their life that have to shift to make a change. And we certainly had that. We had a year where we did, we had a child that was struggling to read. So we put him in school. And after putting him in school, we thought, this isn't working either. We pulled him back home after a year. And and you know what? He's my most avid reader now. Mm -hmm. But at that time, you're, you're, you, you don't know what you don't know yet, right? And so we had to be agile. And we had to be his advocate. What would be the best for him? 
and it was okay that he wasn't reading as fast as one of his other siblings or or something like that. We needed to be okay with that and trying to figure it out. That's just that's just good parenting. Right. Right? We, we are actually, their advocate. Absolutely. And we have a friend, a mutual friend. She has five children as well, and she does different things for each of them. Right. We're not saying that all of us would be able to do that, but no thanks. I think it, <laughs> but I'm proud of her for doing uh, me it. Me too, and I think that it just gives voice to uh, it doesn't have to be one way. Right. You don't have to do this one way. And please, as women coming alongside one another, let's not be critical of the decisions that people are making. But if you are good friends with someone, it is okay to ask ask questions ask questions you know when i when i sent my kids to the schools that they go to i did have loving questions from dear friends who i trusted um that asked how i was going to handle some of the things that the schools would be teaching them and i think those are valid valid right questions that we have to take in and consider from these trusting friends um and not take as criticism but as information, absolutely receiving and giving of information so that we can all make better decisions. Right. That's what we want. We want to rally alongside right. one Empower another. each other to do what's best for our families. Absolutely. In fact, I was just thinking Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm that gospel yes. truth in Jesus Christ for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And then it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love Mm, and good works. Oh, if we could motivate one another to acts of love and good works in our families. We just overcomplicate so much. But when we come down to that, that is the heart of what we are trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, Ange, if I could just ask you then to go through some of these possible options Mm -hmm. and um, break them down for us because you're kind of the pro in this and I just want to go back and say are we talking about homeschool options here yeah let's talk about let's talk about homeschool options and even as you're talking about that because you are the homeschool pro if you could infiltrate some of that to into the remote learning into the learning pods because really this September all of us are doing a little bit of homeschooling. Right, right, no matter what you're doing. Right. So I just wanted to first tell you that HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense, um, it's, in Ameri- it's in California, actually, but they help, um, if you go to their website, and we'll link it here, they'll tell you what your laws are for state, be, per state. And things are really um, looser this year than usual, but each state has different laws about homeschooling and how you register and things like that. And I've had actually several texts about that and that's just where I'm pointing. Yeah. Them. So I'm just going to even stop us right here because, and some of us have no idea. So you're telling us as homeschool moms venturing into this new season, even if they might shift from that, yes. they need to register. In the state of Washington, where we are, you just have to register with an intent to homeschool. Okay. And then once your student is 10, you have to do a yearly uh, exam. Okay. Now... I think they've actually, they didn't uh, enforce that in this last year because of COVID. So I don't know what the next year is going to look like. But if you go to HSLDA, you can look at your state and you can find out exactly what the expectations are. They're laid out perfectly clear for you. And they are keeping up with all the COVID stuff. So um, that's just um, practical for you to know. 
So we're going to talk about, first of all, there's the traditional style of homeschooling that um, I've always called it the box style. You know, you can go on if you're feeling really overwhelmed. This is a good place to start. There's there's um, different curriculum companies that can just send you a box with a guide. And it's more like probably what you've seen before in a classroom. So more traditional where there's a text you answer the questions to make sure you understand what's on that text uh, or like a textbook setting or a workbook setting. And then you are going to answer the questions about it. And then then you get a test after a week or whatever. And the teacher's guide will tell you exactly what to do. And it's probably um, what you probably feel most comfortable with because it's probably what you experienced as a child. And so that's one option. So if you just want to order something, you can order that. If you're doing kind of an online remote learning, it's most likely going to be um, within that framework. And then we have classical education. Which, that's what you do. That's what I do. So her personal bias here. My personal, well, yes, I actually do a, a mix of, of two. I do classical and Charlotte Mason. So I am very biased okay. to both of them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the classical approach um, sees learners, um, it's called the trivium. We have three phases of learning. There's the grammar phase, the dialectic phase, and the rhetoric phase. And I'm just going to break those down really quick for you. So the grammar phase is for your young, your elementary students. Do you know you already teach classically? Every parent does because it's really the natural way we learn. Think about singing. Uh, So in the grammar phase, kids are like sponges. They take in information. They don't necessarily need to know how to use that information yet. So like you sing the ABCs, right? And you skip count and you do these things that put the facts in their heads, but they don't necessarily know how to do algebra or how to spell uh, Mrs. Hippie yet, right? They, they just take in all this information and they just compile it. It's fascinating. And then as they get a little bit older, uh, usually around nine or 10, they move into the dialectic stage. And you're going to know if you're a parent of a nine or 10 year old, you're going to be very <laughs> familiar with this stage. It's the stage of why. If you, It's the stage of why does it work? How does this happen? And they begin asking a lot of questions. They pull those facts that they've been memorizing and working through, and they apply them now as they research ideas or come up with thoughts or write papers. And then we move on in high school to what we call the rhetoric stage. This is the, the stage in which you are able to um, speak persuasively, maybe um, debate. Uh, I, I think that classical education, that's probably one of their stronger suits is probably that um, persuasive. Making an argument. Making an yeah. argument. Yeah. So that's kind of like the end end game is that they would be able to tackle worldview issues, thought issues, and know why, because they've researched, they've asked the why, they've got the information, and they know how to learn. So it's it's the focus on classical is to learn how to learn. Um, now, like Lisa said, I am part of Classical Conversations. Our family has been attending that. And we'll that, put links to that. Yes, classical it's just a local community. They're all over nationwide. It's a local community that meets once a week. You have a tutor and a classroom setting one day a week, and then you kind of um, go home and do your work. The rest of the week. Okay, we'll move on. There's also the unschooling option. Yeah. Which is really cool. And I think that all of us parents do this to a degree too. What are you into? Good morning, Tommy. Oh, what do you feel like today? Oh, well, I want to learn about ships. Okay, well then let's hop in the car. We're going to take a field trip. 
We're going to go talk to, you know, the marina. We're going to do all whatever, you know. Maybe do ships go in a marina? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I'm like, what? I just blurred out of my hat. Not be teaching no. marining. No. <laughs> Neither of us will know. do that in our community oh, park. Yeah. So, so unschooling is kind of more student led. So, if they're interested in nature, or if they're interested in gardening, the parents would hop on the bandwagon with that, or say, go and learn it, and give them the resources to learn it, and then the kids uh, develop. Uh, skills to think and and do and and get things done and I mean it really um, grows a very creative student mm-hmm. actually some of our friends that do more that style they have the most creative students well and I just want to go back sometimes people cringe when they hear the word unschool because they think it means you're doing nothing right it just means you're not adhering to a traditional uh, you're not subscribed to a traditional school experience or setting right. or day. And I want to add to just a reminder that all of these things Angie's talking about, this fully, you know, jumping in with two feet, homeschooling, doing classical education or the box kind of set or structure or unschooling like she just referred to, um, all of those can be amalgamated, right? Absolutely. We can use bits and pieces of both. You don't have to be all into one. And I bet you do, even if you're not homeschooling already. I think in parenting, you're already using these methods. Right. When you're doing remote learning, Mm -hmm. you are actually, um, please, please know what your kids are learning in their remote learning and add to that curriculum, Mm -hmm. supplement it by doing Mm -hmm. a little field trip on your own. Um, you have the time maybe and a little bit less structure right now right to do some of those things and to integrate all of these things that Angie's talking about or not you could also just do <laughs> either way either way well and i think that what we we remember we were talking about how our children are whole people right they are image bearers of god mm-hmm. and this year i've been doing a lot of gardening and um, some things have nearly died and then they just kind of come back to life. And I was talking to my husband. It's like, everything wants to live and grow. Like, you mm-hmm. actually have to totally neglect something for it to not grow. And I was thinking that with our children, too. They want to grow. So if you're doing unschooling, per se, they desire still to learn and grow. And they will. They really will. If you just give them a handful of things and resources, they want to do it. Their mm-hmm. minds are made for that. That's what God created them to do, to grow and develop this whole person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll talk um, two more um, kinds of homeschooling that I had um, kind of thought through. There's the unit studies. My goodness, this is kind of how I started out. I think it was one of the one of the things I tried a lot when my kids were little. But kind of like you would, um, you're going to talk about soldiers or something and then you're going to have a sentence about that and you're going to read a book have a reader about that so you're going to um make an art project about soldiers so everything is kind of wrapped around soldiers and then you move on maybe to the next thing the king and queen of the time or or different things so you kind of unit studies uh, parents often will map out some of the subjects that they want to talk through over the years and then they kind of put it maybe into like a week or bi-weekly plan in which they stay really focused on one subject at a time. Right. 
And so some kids really love and that. And those subjects infiltrate all of the curricular yeah. areas. And there are Language actually some online or... resources that we'll put on the website for some of these, yeah. too. That's really, that's a that's a fun one. And I, I enjoyed it I more in a preschool level for me, but I know that they go all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. So I, I just am not, I can't speak to that that much. Um, Charlotte Mason method is the reason I started homeschooling. Um, it is nature study. It is a little bit classical. Um, you read what we call living books. So instead of reading um, a textbook about um, Nazis and hiding of Jews, you would read The Hiding Place. Mm-hmm. So instead of reading the textbook, you're going to read a book that makes you feel something, that talks about character and and things like that. So um, it's a really wonderful way to present history right Right. active learning active learning seeing yourself in the experience yes yes and so then they would do things uh uh, charlotte mason would they would do some music they would listen to music they would do art they would do nature walks it's beautiful and i try to intermix that with our classical education and that's just my my variety but like we just said all these would work Mm -hmm. all of these would work and you need to look at your student and some of my students prefer living books and some of them prefer just love, they love their science textbook. So you just kind of do what mm-hmm. you need to do for your kids, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so those absolutely. are the main ones. And and so with these t- um, titles, you can actually go on to Google and research each one and look at it more. But it's nice to have a name and a basic um, definition of what each kind of homeschooling option looks like. Yeah, I think that that, that's great. And there are other options that we have locally. And so I wonder if listeners have these in their schools too. They're they're even, um, you know, we're, we're talking about these things, assuming that there is a parent at home. And we know that a lot of people don't have Mm -hmm. parents at home. This COVID-19 pandemic has sent many women into a spiral because they're expected to show up for work every day right. and their kids are at home. And so we just wanted to sh- throw out there, there are other options. We have one locally that's actually run by our public school district mm-hmm. and it's a homeschool um, program where the students actually will go to school for mm-hmm. a little bit of time mm-hmm. and then that's supplemented with at home education and there are some schools right now too that are doing cohort models so you might be at school two or three days learning and then at home for two or three days right i think a lot of public schools are actually moving in that direction they are and so even all of these things that angie's suggesting um those can be a part of Right. Sending your kids to... Because if your kids are in school two days a week, you may still want to be enhancing outside of the school time. Yeah, and in your evenings Mm -hmm. and and things like that. But we just want to take a minute and say we do empathize. Yes. And sympathize. I have a girlfriend who's working at her kitchen table and her first grader is sitting next to her. And her older son can go and do his work on his own, but her daughter can't, Mm -hmm. right? Because she's learning how to read. Yeah. That's a very hands-on time, and I know that's really it. Does offer a, an extra challenge to moms yeah. who are are in the workforce. It really does, and so we are going to follow up this podcast today 
with another podcast that's actually going to go through some of the strategies. So how do we now supervise education or teach education at home, whichever model you're choosing? How do we go um, from surviving, wanting to pull our hair out, to thriving? And Angie's going to offer some suggestions for Mm -hmm. that in a follow-up podcast as well. And I just want to remind us, you know, we are image bearers and we're image bearers created to live in community. Right. And I'm remembering again, um, first Corinthians 12 and what a beautiful testimony of the living, breathing church we can be. Um, so we can use our gifts to spur one another on to support each other and whatever decision you make for your family, um, Let's increase the community right. in that decision. And yeah. that ta- that's going to take a little bit of each of us. You know, Angie and I were even saying, oh, what a beautiful opportunity uh, for those people who don't have someone at home to kind of lend out our teenagers right, to help, to, mm-hmm. to volunteer, to tutor, to come alongside. And what a beautiful picture of the acts too. Yeah, that church, is. that is. Mm-hmm. And so, friends, we just um, we want to leave you with encouragement. You were created for such a time as this. That's right. Nothing's a surprise. Nothing's a surprise to God. And we look forward to seeing what you do in September. To seeing pictures, the celebrations of that. Yeah, that we, would be cool. We know that it won't be easy maybe but maybe it even will be (laughs) might be a holy hard work a holy hard work that might be what we call this episode (laughs) so thanks again angie for joining us today and please tune in for our next segment in this series where we look at some of the strategies that you can use and implement in your home to go from pandemic thriving. Hey, this is Lisa De Silva again, and it is my absolute honor to be the co-founder and director of Arise. As a listener, reader, workshop participant, podcast guest, writer, whatever it is you do alongside us, you are an active member of this community. It's why we called it a collective, and we're so glad to have you as a vital part of it. Our prayer is that everything we do at Arise will serve as an encouragement and resource as you grow in your own understanding of the word, draw near to Christ, and share conversations with women about glorifying God through their own spiritual journey. Arise Ministries Collective is a non-profit ministry operating on the generous donations of people like you. We simply can't do what we do without you. And as we grow and begin to reach more women for God's kingdom purpose, so does our need for financial support. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring monthly tax-deductible gift, click the donate button on our website to give and be sure to include your email and mailing address so we can stay in touch and send you a year-end receipt for your generosity. Thank you for supporting Arise Ministries Collective. To God be the glory.